This is my own private domicile and I will not be harassed! Bitch! Gangsters, what's up guys? What's the way to a motherfucker like KTP's remind me? Get the world by the tail! Fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. Well, I'm here. I'm cute as shit. Oh, whoa, whoa, skip, skip, skip. If you don't chew big red, then f you. That's so horny. You nigga naked in the shower with your clothes on. Could you imagine if I hit the old water pipe with that thing? Oh. Great cash, homie. Three, two, one, let's fuck! Everybody's got to hear the shit on W Balls, W Balls, W Balls. podcast i'm your host sam lacrosse can you dig it i can and i'm here with not only one but two i actually didn't predict this two awesome guests nick duggan kate katara welcome hey Thanks sam us. yeah so honored this is this is a very i think important episode to me for a multiple perspective one i'm very you guys are my friends we go to church together we're in the same church group we have gotten to know each other i would say decently well by this point and you guys are like the only couple i know and like ever to get married at the point you guys are actually younger i believe than than I am, correct? I'm 25, and I think you guys yeah. are both you know, a year or two younger than I am at this yeah, point. So, so it's you're doing the t the down south thing and getting married relatively <laughs> young and doing doing the whole southern tradition thing or whatever. Yeah. And so, which which is going to be what I think you know is going to be about. Like, I think marriage is a super interesting topic, a very critical topic for a lot of young people to think about. And you guys seem to be handling. I, I've asked you guys about this. You guys seem to be handling it very very well, from what I can tell and what everyone else has seen. And it's not been simple, but it's been. You guys are hand taking everything in stride and handling everything very well, it seems, which has been awesome. So um, I want to start out by saying that I don't know what you guys gave up for Lent, but I gave up YouTube for Lent. It's been very, very hard. Mm -hmm. I realize I, it's always fun when you like go into Lent and you realize that you're, you're addicted to the thing that you thought you could you know, last forever about. Oh, yeah. I, I was oh, yeah. hardcore addicted to what, like watching YouTube videos and stuff. It wasn't like <laughs> TikTok or Instagram reels or anything, but I kind of just yeah. got into, I would just watch it for like news or stuff like that. I think it's where a lot of people get news from and everything, but the owner of the best YouTube video I've ever seen was on the topic of marriage. And it was on, it was done by, uh, I don't know if you guys know who Matt Walsh is. If mm -hmm. you don't like Matt Walsh, I don't, I don't know if you guys like Daily him or Lawyer. not. No, no issues either there, <laughs> but either way. So this Matt Walsh video came up, it was about marriage. And he kind of said something very, very interesting was that the whole premise of the video was kind of just about life, but he used the example of marriage as kind of like, you know, a lot of people he thinks in that are young, they waste time by dating for like six years when you really know the core of who a person is in probably about six weeks. Like, you know, like their values, you know who they are, you know who their family is, how they, how they look at certain things and everything else like that. And this was looked at as very antithetical to our culture, kind of almost like heresy in a lot of ways, but I don't think it is. And I think you guys are kind of proof at why it is not. So the first, what I want to lead into is like, what makes you follow that paradigm and what, what kind of led you to getting to this point where you guys are early 20s, just out of college, getting started in your professional careers and ready to make the leap into marriage with each other and this person? Because I'm sure you guys have talked about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I don't want to speak for Kate, but 
what you hit on with knowing her family. So it's actually how we met. Mm-hmm. I knew her brother-in-law. I met him my freshman year of college. Um, he mentored me. He was a part of a ministry called College Golf Fellowship. And so he mentored to me. I knew that he was a great guy. I got to meet Kate's sister. She was amazing. Fell in love with their family um, and kind of knew that it was an easy transition. I felt like I knew Kate before I knew her because mm-hmm. I knew her family. I knew her sister. I knew how they operated. Um, you know, we, we shared the same beliefs as far as our religious beliefs. Um, and I think knowing that I kind of knew where Kate's morals and where her foundation stood of her as a person before even really knowing her. And so, yeah, I think from today's standpoint, we are getting married earlier in terms of like how long we dated before we're actually getting married. And how long was that? Um, about a year and a half. Okay. Um, so I proposed just over a year. Um, we went on our engagement trip. It was like our year, year anniversary, anniversary celebration okay. she didn't know about. So then we got engaged there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's been about a year and a half. We'll be coming up on two years here. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a shorter time than most people now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we both kind of realize that when we're talking to friends and stuff, they're like, when they ask us, how long do you guys date? Right. Or that question comes yep. up. So, um, but it, I mean, it was, an, it never felt short to me. I think, mm. I don't know, I, I kind of knew early on with her that things were very different uh, for several reasons that we can get into. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just, I knew early on that things were different and she was someone that was going to make a good life partner. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Kate, okay, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think from the beginning of us dating, I went through about a year, a little over a year of therapy and EMDR therapy, which is trauma therapy. Um, and so I worked on myself a lot before Nick and I even started dating and got to a really good place where I had done a lot of work on myself and to work through things that I had been through um, previously in relationships and trauma. And finally, right before Nick kind of responded to my Instagram story, I had verbalized my therapist, like, I feel like I'm in a healthy place today for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, where I love myself and I feel confident as far as I know where my worth is and my value and that it's not in any relationship that I have. Um, and so kind of going into dating Nick, I feel like it, I definitely didn't expect to at all. And I mean, we talked for a month before we ever went on a date. And so it's my fault. well I think it was a little confusing at the time but it was actually great because we really got to know each other um and I had known who he was and my brother-in-law had always said really had really high praise about Nick which he doesn't say about a lot of males um Mm -hmm. sure that always carried a lot of weight with me but in college he would always be like I wish you'd date someone like Nick Duggan or another guy like Joe Beck and then he was like but you won't because they're too nice for you and really? I was like, oh, wow. ouch, but okay. Like, Interesting. You're not, you're not wrong. Like, Nick probably wasn't someone I would have dated my first couple years of college. Um, but I grew up and also <laughs> went through a lot of things that I think changed my perspective a lot as far as the kind of people I was dating. And when I decided I was ready to date again, it was not just to casually date. It was looking for a life partner. And I definitely didn't expect to find that as quickly as I did, but it was like sweet timing as far as it 
just worked and it made sense. And I very quickly, I typically am not one to fall really hard really fast. Um, I previously was, but been through what I had been through had kind of changed that about me. And so Nick was mm-hmm. the first person in a long time that I had really strong feelings for very quickly and had to kind of talk through it myself of slow down. <laughs> yeah. On. Yeah, sure. Um, but I mean, even just a couple months into dating, I knew it felt like he was the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. Cool. And, and so just get the timeline right. So you met her brother when? And when did the, you guys get introduced before you started dating? Um, so her brother-in-law. I brother-in-law, met him that's right. My freshman year of college, right when I got in. Okay. Um, we were really good friends all throughout college and um, got really close. And I didn't meet Kate until after. So after college, I, I'm originally from San Antonio. So after college, I moved back to San Antonio Um, was trying to play golf for a living, didn't work out. But during that time when I was back in San Antonio, so this was a year and a half after college, Mm -hmm. I reached out to Kate um, over Instagram. Yes, Um, as they do nowadays. Yes, as they do. (laughs) Um, You know, Kate kind of likes to poke at me for that a little bit, but look where we are. I was going to say, like, I mean, hey, man, you, you, like I said, before we got on, ride the ride, man. Exactly. Yeah, of course. It worked. I would like to point out that she followed me first, though. Um, so she yep. kind of made the first move there, but yes, but that was a while after I actually knew who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was almost six years after I had met her brother. Oh, wow. Okay. So a good amount of time then. Okay, yep. cool. And so what were your guys' views? And maybe you can start with, uh, with Kate, your sister and then your brother. So like, maybe like, what were your views on marriage growing up? Like who were some of like your role models that you looked up to, to like, okay, like in, 10, 20, in your guys' case, probably earlier, like years, like, this is what I would want in a serious, like, a life commitment with another person. Like, who who were your guys' role models in that sense, Kate? I, I'll reverse and start with you if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, not my parents, to be honest. Okay. Um, that actually was something I really struggled with as far as my parents' dynamic was, um, my mom was, like, the head of our family. My mom made all the decisions. She was the person who was, like, the disciplinarian, and my dad was very passive, and my dad worked a lot, wasn't around a lot, and he commuted to San Antonio, so he pretty much, I mean, he left before I got up and got home at dinner time after dinner, and so in high school, I played a lot of sports and was involved in a lot, so didn't really spend a lot of time with my dad, more my mom, um, but their marriage was, lacked a lot of physical affection and was just really broken Mm -hmm. and I could see that from a young age um and there were a lot of things that I felt like were just not healthy about their marriage so as far as my view of marriage I knew I wanted something different but it really wasn't until there were two people I would say that had a really strong impact on me um the woman who one of my dear friends who mentored me in high school is the reason I'm honestly alive for so many reasons but um, her name is Kelsey, and she, when she got married, how her husband pursued her and watching her go through that and kind of knowing her story and her background and everything and getting to, like, be a part of her wedding and mm-hmm. see them married and all of those things and how they cared for one another, one another and served each other and served the people around them 
and above all, love Jesus more than we love each other Mm -hmm. was really impactful for me. Um, And I think another, the couple that's actually doing our premarital counseling, um, Kelly and David, I babysat for them in college. Oh, cool. And my sister babysat for them previously, so that's how I got connected with them. But Mm -hmm. they live in Westlake, and they watching how their marriage was so different from my parents. There were so many things that I just really admired as far as Kelly really submitted to David when he was Mm -hmm. the head of their household like it was biblically. And I could see that and wanted that. And I wanted someone to lead my family and to lead my future family um, more towards Christ and to lead us in like a biblical um, household. And it was just sweet to see the different ways in which I spent a lot of time at their house and with them. So the ways they talked about one another and the ways they cared for one another, but also the ways that there were certain decisions with their kids. He didn't want their son to play football and that his wife was kind of, she didn't necessarily agree, but she backed him up on that because that was a decision like they made as a family. Mm -hmm. As far as he could kick, he couldn't play like physical Yep. Football. And mm-hmm. that was just a small decision, but to me that was like she honored the decision that he made and supported him, even if she had verbalized to me she didn't necessarily agree with it. Mm-hmm. But they decided that as a family and they stood firm in that together. And I think growing up that was something I really did not see with my parents. It was always my mom was the bad guy. My dad didn't have an opinion or just mm. deferred to her. And so I you know, half the time he would give me a different answer than my mom would. And so that was just always confusing. Yeah, sure. Um, But also made my relationship with my mom a lot more challenging, I think, because my dad didn't step up in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just being able to see when you nanny and babysit for a family, you see so much more of their marriage and how they care for their kids. Mm -hmm. than anyone really realizes because you spend so much time there. Yeah. Um, And so similarly, I, saw that a lot with the family I needed for in college, like full-time, uh, Whitney and Jordan, and things in their marriage that I I don't want that in my marriage, and there's also things like, I love that, and, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot from the people that I was around and the families that I spent time with, um, but I also learned a lot from my own parents, and unfortunately, there's a lot of things that I didn't want. There were certain things that I do feel like I want to take into marriage, but I think part of our families are a lot of, they're a huge part of who we are. Yeah, absolutely. what makes us us, and I think, you know, not seeing a lot of physical affection between my parents, like I can't remember the last time I saw my parents kiss or say I love you. I genuinely can't remember. And growing up, that was just, they didn't do that. And so I think my like I'm not super physically affectionate and that's something Nick like I'll let him speak on it but we had similar experiences with our parents but we turned out very differently as far as he is very physically affectionate and I'm not and I think we kind of had to work on what that looks like for both of us Mm -hmm. but I do think my parents are a huge part of that of just not seeing it and it not being normalized yeah Um, so yeah that's yeah, cool. Nick, what do you, I don't know if you want to respond to that directly or you want to go over the, you know, just maybe um, start from. Yeah, I can kind of go briefly from the beginning, but mm-hmm. my parents were 
it was a similar situation as to Kate. Um, you couldn't really, you know, if you just saw them in public, you wouldn't really know that they were married. They didn't do anything that kind of showed that. I see. Um, physical affection was lacking. Uh, there just weren't signs that they showed. And then uh, my parents are split now. And so I think in a way, talking about role models as far as for me, it almost showed me what I don't want to do and what I don't want my marriage to look like. And it wasn't until I got to college, really, I would say, that I saw a strong male leader and had a good strong male role model. It took you that long. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I think there were a few here and there, my high school golf coach, um, but we never really got into like family aspect or faith aspect of mm-hmm. our lives. It just kind of strictly stayed around golf and work and things like that. Um, and so he was a good role model in that regard. But as far as like being a husband and a father and seeing that, it, it really wasn't until college for me um, that I started to see that. And now I feel so blessed because I have a bunch of guys around me that I'm pretty close to that are, you know, really strong believers, really good husbands, you know, good leaders of their family. And so, you know, when I hear Kate say that that's what she wants in her future husband, that that's something that also like instantly attracted me to Kate is because there's not many females out there today and I I could be wrong but I think that um, our society is changing in a way that females are pushing away from the traditional and like biblical aspect of a marriage and what a household looks like Um, and I'm like I feel beyond lucky that Kate is one of the few girls that actually has voiced to me that that's something that she desires Mm -hmm. and we talk about it a lot we have conversations about it a lot Um, and for me, you know, it's something that I take a lot of pride in is the future of like one day being the leader of our household and we have kids and what that's going to look like. And, you know, the things that I can do now to, you know, instill a strong foundation so that I can lead correctly and lead our family correctly. And it's something that I want to do. And she's given me that amazing opportunity to, yeah. to try and do. And so I feel very lucky that I even get that chance to do that sure in our future marriage sure yeah and if we you know by the way if we get taken off the rss feed because of that comment by you earlier kate we will know who to blame for that because of all the other it's not like politically correct or whatever to say these things like nick said but i but it is but it is in that kind of Mm -hmm. i'm I'm just i'm just joking by the way (laughs) (laughs) no no that is is a joke they cannot i I don't believe they can just you know deplatform me off an rss feed but we'll 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 see about that like the podcast (laughs) no you did nothing wrong you're totally fine doing great um so so from that point of view where you guys have like you have the the role models in your life were kind of either missing but you guys kind of found them later in a sense so did you guys grow up religious or did you grow up did you kind of find that later in life and then it's it seems like that's the common thread between the two of you is that you're you're you used your faith as kind of like a conduit to know what a healthier relationship is like through Christianity, through your pursuit of Jesus, through for, through all of these things. And it, like, I don't know, forgive me if I'm overstepping there, but I think that's kind of what it seems like, at least from the outset. And it's like, I think it's kind of the story of a lot of people, but I think especially like with you guys as well, because you guys were kind of so removed from something like that, and you found it later in life and then eventually kind of made your way into that phase. So can you guys expand on that a little bit, if you don't mind? Yeah, um, I think seeing the guys that I have, in my life now and the 
the husband that is doing our premarital counseling, David Mevin, um, and hearing before I met them how Kate talked so highly about their relationship and their marriage, I was like, I got to meet these people. Um, you know, I want to see what it's all about. And it was pretty clear to me early on. Like, I was beyond thrilled that Kate had a family like that in her life. Um, and to see, you know, how their family operates in this more, like, traditional setting, um, it, it just makes me want to aspire towards that, I think. And it was, I found myself, I think most guys get to a point in their life, too, where they just have this, like, sense of urgency where they want some kind of, like, male role model right. that's older yeah. than them, yeah. you know, that's a generation older, mm-hmm. and... I think seeing that is like something that I'd never seen before. And it was eye opening seeing my boss even now has been a great role model to me and how good of a father he is. And he works so hard, but he also does so many things for his family and his kids and just seeing how dedicated he is to that and how he puts basically everything else aside that Mm -hmm. other people would put time into. He says that they don't matter because he's putting his family, his faith and his job first and being able to provide for his family. And so it's so motivating. I, I mean, going back to how I was saying there's not many maybe females now that are seeking that traditional male like leader of a household, mm-hmm. there's also not many males that are fit, I think. Right, that are willing to step up. Lead, that right. are willing to step up yeah. and, mm-hmm. and have kind of what it takes to to fit that mold and, and do what it takes. So sure. Finding those guys in my life now that I have and seeing that, it's been such a blessing for our relationship. It's so motivating and like I can talk to them about things and you know, ask them about how they do certain things. And, um, it's so good just to pick their brains and I love those guys and they've meant so much to me and our relationship and I hope to continue to have that going forward into our marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about you? Yeah, so I would say I grew up religious but it was very different. I learned in high school that there was a big difference in having a relationship with Jesus and running through the motions, mm-hmm. um, which I think for a long time is what I did, was just running through the motions and doing what I was supposed to do. Um, and my parents, I mean, we went to church and that was something that was like important to my family, but also it, I felt like if we didn't, my mom pushed it more. My dad was kind of like along for the ride. Um, and that was always kind of hard for me just because I didn't feel like it was something that he valued as much. Mm-hmm. But again, I grew up growing, grew up going and going to like vacation Bible school and all of those things and knew who Jesus was, but it really wasn't until I experienced some really hard things in high school and so much brokenness where I realized I was seeking everything other than Jesus mm-hmm. and didn't, it wasn't until Kelsey started really pouring into me and showed me what the love of Jesus looked like and versus it being a transactional relationship of this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, I think on the outside for a long time I was, you know, doing the right things, but inside I was so broken. Um, and so that shift for me was definitely in high school and also in college too as far as navigating like what it looks like to really have a relationship with Jesus and to be obedient to him and a disciple and to make disciples and that was never really something that we I had in my family and I think my sister was kind of the same way um she 
in college, that's kind of where she, I feel like her relationship with Christ really grew, and we both started to realize, I think, in different parts of our lives, how much, um, how, I'm trying to think of the way to word this, how much of my parents' marriage was just not biblical, um, mm-hmm. and didn't honor Christ, and there were so many things that, so I was like, my mom's a Christian, but she didn't really, she wasn't obedient to the Lord in a lot of ways, and yep. didn't show me what that really looked like, and so Kelsey was honestly the first person in my life that actually lived out what she's, like, talked and preached and told me, and that for me was, I mean, the clearest picture of over and over she gave me grace and loved me well and cared for me and was so servant-hearted and all these qualities of Jesus that I never really fully understood until I was loved by someone who his love for him like just radiated through her still does Mm -hmm. um but I think in college too you know being mentored I was in a small group and I also led high school girls and stuff oh cool um at Cedar Park High School, and that was a huge learning curve for me because I definitely, I led middle school kids when I was in high school through wildlife um, and then young life, but there were so many times that I was like, I am a mess. Like, what am I showing these girls? Like, I'm not showing them Jesus. I'm just showing them how broken and sinful I am. And I learned a lot about if I'm not filled up and I'm not, you know, spending time in the Word and spending time with God or, like, I don't have godly relationships and I'm living in sin and the relationships I'm living in, how can I like tell them not to do that? You know, like it was very hypocritical of me. And so I think that was also a huge learning curve for me as far as what it really looks like to not be a hypocritical Christian and to really live that out every day and also pursue that in the people I was dating. Because for a long time it was, I would date guys that, they were Christians, but they weren't, they were very far from following Jesus in their yes. actual lives. Yes. And that was really common in most of, I feel like, the guys I went to school with that, you know, were in Bucks and were like, which Bucks is like a Christian fraternity team. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, pretended to be one thing, but were really not. Those but then people. turned out to be frat guys, like after like two <laughs> minutes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of, pretend going on that I navigated a lot of in college and I did that too like there were plenty of times mm-hmm. it was like I'm sure. not being you know I'm also being hypocritical and fake and I just sorry that's a little bit off of what your question no, was no 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 but, no no it's good um, just as far as how that shifted for me like I went through a long time of just running through the motions of doing what I was supposed to do to really understanding the person of Christ and wanting to follow him and wanting to be and really fighting for that in college. Um, I definitely was not perfect, still am not, and messed up a lot, but, like, really fighting for that on my own. I felt like, even now, I mean, my parents go to church and stuff, but I've never felt like they have a relationship with Christ the same way that Mm -hmm. my sister and I do. Yeah. And I think that a lot comes from the people that mentored us. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, you, you touched. It, it, by the way, we're, don't apologize for like anything. You, yeah. like, well, we're, we're going. I, I think it actually bleeds really well into the next question I wanted to ask. So, like, dating, I think, in the modern landscape is already very hard from a lot of the reasons yeah. you you have both brought up. But I think, like, one thing, like, I, I, I think I've said this quote on a couple of podcasts I've had. But like, 
you know, like I, I was told by my good friend Taylor Johnson in front of the show, um, who has you know, been on a couple of over once before. She said like being a Christian is the easiest hard thing you could ever do in your entire life. And I think there's a lot of truth to that statement. I think it especially applies to dating because it adds another layer of difficulty on top of it. Because most of the population, even of the people you think are kind of like, again, Kate, you touched on this, like the people who are more like casual Christians, but they're not really living the lifestyle of someone who you might want to end up with, Nick, you might want to end up with. So it really just kind of narrows and narrows and narrows everything down. Like, so like even, and that's just the pre-dating, like when you're dating as a Christian, it probably the level, I can imagine the level kind of kicks up a little bit more. So like, what was it like for you guys to date as Christians? And, and do you think, and I, I think the answer is going to be yes, but do you think that Christians have it harder than non-believers in terms of dating, in terms of kind of navigating the, the marketplace as it were? 100%. Yeah. I, I would agree as well. I can give you a good example of that too. Sure. I would yeah. say. So we're sitting here now in what will be our future apartment. Um, but we are not currently living together, even though we're getting married in 15 days from when <laughs> yeah. this Yes. Released. But um, thanks for the wedding invite, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. Excited to see you there. Um, but a lot of our friends um, and people that are in our lives, when we tell them we're not living together, it's kind of a shock to them I think when they hear that for the first time because majority of couples do live together now before mm -hmm. they're married and mm -hmm. go into marriage and nothing really changes but for us for both of us it was something super important um, that we wanted to look forward to in marriage and so I have even and I'll admit there's been times where I feel a sense of like social shame where I kind of don't always mm. want to just come out and say that yeah. and admit that we are yeah. not living together before mm -hmm. we're married because I'm afraid of what, you know, someone who is viewing that outside of a lens of like, I mean, Kate and I's decision doing that is faith-based. And so, you know, someone who's viewing that outside of a faith-based lens might kind of be like, oh, that's strange. Like, you sure you don't want to live together before getting married? I feel like that's yeah. a pretty important big step. And so... I don't know. I think that that's a good example of like where society puts this pressure on your relationship and doing things um, a certain way that like Kate and I have done things. There's definitely been societal pressures that I'm pretty sure we both felt at times. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I, I would say a lot of what Nick said as far as there's definitely some of our friends that it's, we've talked about this before, like feeling this weird sense of are we doing this wrong? Yeah. Because it's yeah. so common now for even, I mean, believers, like, to live together before you get married. Mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. shaming anyone that does that. Like, yeah. it's your decision. But our belief was always, you know, we want to wait. And that's something that is meant to be enjoyed in marriage. And is you know, the same thing with sex. And I think that's, I feel like, taboo to talk about. But No, no, please. I think with dating as Christians, that's, a big thing that a lot of Christians that are dating sleep together before they get married, especially once you get engaged, I feel like that's really common. Yeah, they're basically like, okay, we're like we're almost here. Yeah. Like, let's kind of fill in a little bit. Right. Well. Yeah. 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 And that's definitely been really hard as far as us having boundaries and being able to, you know, like we have talked about it a lot and have really open conversations of sometimes like they will stay at my apartment and, you know, it's we have to have a very open, honest conversation, and there have been times where he's like, I can't, I can't stay yeah. right now. Like, I don't feel confident in, like, my self-control. Mm -hmm. And 
Yeah. She's very attractive, by the way. I know people are listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is very right. attractive. So that yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys are both beautiful, beautiful people. I, like, you, you make me feel old and like outdated. Oh you know, especially since you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we appreciate that. But yes, that definitely. Adds. You're older than us. Well, I, I mean, I, I, well, I'm you know, anyway. I, I have the mind of I'm a closeted sixty year old man. If no one else has noticed this by this point, but anyway. But yes, so that definitely adds to things. And like mm-hmm. she was saying, there are times where I just, I'll just have to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think. The way we talked about that, too, as far as with some of our friends, like, they were, like, they're not sleeping together. Like, how do you know if you want to be with that person for the rest of your life and things like that? And there's definitely been, you know, people push back on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard just in the world that we live in because the hookup culture is so common. And we both had, like, sexual sin in our past. And I think that's something with our relationship. We were really, from the beginning, we both verbalized of we want to wait and we want to fight to wait. It's hard. It's mm-hmm. so much easier to give in. And that's what every single person that I talked to about it said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a woman that I'm really close to that she now has two kids and we talked about it and was like, how did y'all have boundaries? And she was like, frankly, Kate, we messed up. Like, we didn't wait. And I, mm-hmm. like, wish we had. Because that's something that really is supposed to be like enjoyed in marriage and is within the covenant of marriage and so she was like it's hard and it's a lot easier to give in and do what feels like we're doing but it's also so worth fighting for and so I think that is something as far as dating as Christians that you know is very different from our friends Mm -hmm. and our friends that you know are sleeping together and again there's like no judgment or shame from mm-hmm. us. It's just very diff. Like they don't understand as to why we're waiting. Sure. And for us, it's it's been hard. I I would say for me, it's definitely been hard. Oh yeah. And I think the closer we get to the wedding, too, the more I feel like our boundaries have had to get a little bit like taller and stricter, just because we are getting close. Like we're about to get married, but we really both want to wait, and that's important. And I think. Honestly, I feel like it's made us closer as far as not going there physically and having boundaries with that, just because we both have had to learn, you know, how to have self-control and also... To communicate. Yeah. 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 And it's hard to communicate that, too, when you're, like, feeling weak, but I think it's also really been a sweet place to rely on the Lord of, like, I can't do this on my own flesh. I will never be able to do this on my own flesh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've both had a lot of those moments, Um, but also I think it's made our stronger and just being able to openly communicate about it sure um but also to be able to i mean really look forward to that aspect of marriage and like know that the lord's design for that is to be within the covenant of marriage and so i think it's something really special that we're i would say i'm really glad that we've like waited but definitely societal pressures have made that hard because it's just it's not common well, it's kind of like a, a thing too. It's like you know the the paradox of like I don't know if you guys have, like know like the study of like the, the jelly study. Have you guys ever heard of that one before? So there was like this. Uh, I forget the. I really good at remembering these people usually, so I apologize for this person. But psychologist, sociologist put out like he did a study in a supermarket, and he did two control groups of people. One was he had like a jelly spread across of like every everybody else, and so he had like a lot of people get funneled to this place. So they could like get put in front of these things. The first group of people had like 60 jellies to pick from. 
and they had like you know the fuchsia kiwi shit like whatever mm-hmm. the people buy with it like this they put on it, like all this and the other but then in the second group he had a he just a simple spread of like grape strawberry and you know like or like whatever I, that's the only two jellies i can think of at this point but like the, you know, the only two that matter to be quite honest but the um you know the other and so there so there was another weird flavor thrown in there but anyways so the the overwhelming amount of people who chose to buy jelly were in the three category versus the 60 category because you get just blown up with all these options you're like what if i make the wrong thing what if i do this what if i do that and i think this and we'll, we'll go into this a little bit next but like i think this is a major problem with like I, it's a problem with me with dating apps, yep. with, you know, like just doing like the test drive before you get into marriage thing in terms of sex, in terms of everything else. It's like that, it just, it, it human beings do not have the mental capacity, in my opinion, to, to handle all of that complexity where we, we just can't handle it. And so I think that in terms of the modern stuff in, and we can talk about that, we can talk about a bunch of other things. I think what I've seen, and I've talked with guys in my men's group, especially about this, I've talked with my friend, my shout out to my friend, Francis, my friend, Ryan, we're, we're gonna actually getting on a call with it like next Wednesday to discuss a lot of this. And so mm-hmm. we were getting kind of, we want to propose a new way forward in terms of like a cultural shift in a lot of ways. And obviously we're, you know, it's a very big endeavor, but we want to at least start the conversation talking about it. And I think the big reason why we're doing it is we're a men's group. So we focus primarily on the, on the male side of the equation. But we also, men need women, obviously women need men, obviously. And so we, I think what we've seen is that a lot of young people are just so jaded towards the idea of dating and especially about marriage. Mm -hmm. And so like how, what do you guys think is causing the root of that? Like how like did a lot of people get to that opinion and and how do you guys honestly avoid all that kind of stuff? Because you guys are here and not in a confused place like a lot of other people. So like, why do you, why do you think that is that people just can't have an open conversation and dialogue like you guys are about this kind of stuff? Because I think it's a very interesting question. Yeah. I think it's a struggle with instant gratification today mm-hmm. um, in that a lot of people our age are seeking to be instantly gratified and that is not what marriage and a successful relationship is really about. I would say I, not, yes. I know that there are times where I get on Kate's nerves um, mm-hmm. and there are times when she gets on my nerves and it goes both ways. Um, but you know, not once in my head has that meant like, okay, I'm just gonna move on to the next thing, go find something new. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of the ideology that our culture portrays, especially with dating apps. And it's kind of funny cause I did a project in college that was trying to make dating apps more efficient. Oh, so interesting. And oh, it was a really shit. interesting yeah. project. Yeah, I bet but it was. the one kind of kicker was that you had to assume the big assumption that had to make all dating apps work is that people, their end goal was to get married and to find a long-term relationship. Mm. And so without having that end goal in mind, you know, you don't know what other people on the app are seeking, what they're after. Right. And with, you know, you brought up the thing about jellies, with there being so many options, there's too many options to make a decision. So if one person does the smallest thing, you're like, okay, on to the next. And so our solution was that you only get one swipe like a week and you can oh, even wow. further that oh, out. Oh, this is so interesting. You could even further that out, you know, to a month, to a year, like you, you have to be very, very selective initially, but then you can't, after you make that connection, you cannot continue to, it basically like would shut down the app and you only have communication with that person. Oh, that's amazing. And so it, wow. that, that was our solution in a way, but just, yeah, I think I love it. our, you know, with technology, with the way things are advancing, you can seek and receive gratification 
like that. There's yes. so many different outlets and avenues yes. where you can go um, to seek some kind of gratification when you're unhappy or desiring something, whatever it may be. And so if people don't aren't seeking that from their partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, um, it's so easy to just move on to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it was like never really the case that way for me. Um, and I... I just had a sense of trust in Kate that it was the same way for her. And I think knowing her faith background, you know, helped me kind of rely on that and trust in that where when you don't have that foundation of faith, you kind of struggle to know who the other person is truly and know where their heart lies and know kind of where their morals are. But mm-hmm. you know, knowing Kate and knowing how grounded she is in her faith, it like I never you know worried about things like that. Yeah. That other couples now might have to worry about. And Kate, before you start, I just wanted to say something real quick. I will definitely turn to you, but I I think I was having this exact conversation yesterday. So for context, I got my heart crushed like two weeks ago. And so there was something else. So I, so, and then I was like, I like a week before I had deleted my dating apps because I just kind of did like my usual thing I do ever like every like six this month I'm like fuck this like I'm just gonna get off mm-hmm. everything and you know like just clean slate with whatever yeah and so I'm I talk with my buddy um another guy from my men's group and he's like you know just get back on the apps what can you do like I'm like fuck fine like whatever I just you know do what all the thing and so I send my uh my profile over to my buddy Frankie shout out to Frankie Tandarella who you know I send it over to him and so he's like dude, you're being like, I can give you some advice, but you're probably not going to like it. And I said, he's like, you're being way too restrictive. You want to maximize matches. You don't want to say anything serious about everything else. And he's like, no politics, no religion, no relationship outlook. And he's like, and, and I'm like, well, I'm like, well, you know, first of all, like, I don't think that's going to work for me. And he's like, he's like, well, okay. So what are your non-negotiables? And I'm like, relationship, politics, relate, like, 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 like literally like all three of the things you said, like I need all three of those. Yeah. And so like, that is what, because that's like, I, I just say all the time, like I wrote the book on values. I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't, you know, make my values known when I was doing all these things. So it's interesting. It's like, kind of like, it is those just constant, like the slot machine dopamine hit type of thing you were Absolutely. talking about. And I, I want to get your perspective on, the, on that too, or kind of go in what you were going to say earlier, but like, what, what do you think about that whole thing? I think a lot, I would agree with a lot of what Nick said as far as instant gratification is a huge part of it. I also think, we were talking about this, we had like our MC girls night the other night. Oh yes, and well how'd that go by the way? It was great. Oh good, okay awesome. Um, Elizabeth was talking about how like she hates dating apps and she was like, I think mm-hmm. they've ruined our culture and um, a poor girl was like, why? She like, like it was kind of just a conversation around, you know, the benefits and downsides and she, her explanation was you're like not really getting to know a person. You're swiping right or left based mm-hmm. on a picture. So we're like, and based on, you know, the three facts someone puts versus you don't even know if that person could be a friend more than like a long time companion. Yep. Like you're not giving yep. that person a chance at all. And I feel like she's so right in our culture. We're so quick to be like, okay, he doesn't, fit this aspect or she doesn't fit this or she doesn't look the way I want yes you know like it's all very like surface level and shallow and I do think I know plenty of people meet their spouses on dating apps and it works for people and that's great Mm -hmm. but I do think they perpetuate this like hookup culture instant gratification Mm -hmm. and I want it now and I need to like you know I'm gonna use this person essentially right no exactly then I'm going to swipe and find someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is kind of 
one of the things I really don't like about dating apps is even I was on Hinge very briefly and had not very like core core experiences. I've gotten kicked off the app twice. It sucks. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we can get to that offline, but it, it, yeah, 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 love to. But I just I hated it because it was like there was nothing organic about it, mm-hmm. and I it felt so forced to me, and I was like. I don't feel like I can trust any of these people's intentions. Right. And half the time I was like, well, I don't really think this guy actually wants to go on a date with me. I feel like he just wants to get my pants. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's hard to judge someone's intentions on a dating app. But I think oftentimes when people are on dating apps, and I don't want to say this towards you. but No, no, please. I probably need the advice, honestly. I think from my own experience, like I wasn't in a healthy place to date when I was on dating apps. Mm-hmm. I was like yeah. chasing something mm-hmm. and I wasn't fulfilled by the only one that can fulfill me. Yep. And I was seeking love in all the wrong places. And I mean, even when you get married, cause like we've talked about this, like Nick is never going to be able to fill me up completely. Yeah. Like he's not mm-hmm. meant to, and mm-hmm. I'm not meant to, you know, fill him up completely. Right. And I think that's kind of a myth with relationships and marriage that, you know, especially Nick said, like, if you don't have that faith base, I mean, that's even harder because you're expecting this person to just... You're so dependent on them for, yeah. And then when they don't meet your expectations because they're human, it's, I think, now even easier to be like, okay, I'll find someone else. Yeah. And that's really common within marriages now, too. I think, I mean, divorce rates are insane as far as when people get bored or tired or things get hard, it's so much easier to just quit than to fight through it. And I think that's why more people are casually dating versus actually in a relationship because a yep. relationship is hard and it requires work and it's not a honeymoon all the time. Mm-hmm. And excuse me, I think when you're casually dating, you don't experience that because you're still like getting to know that person and it's, casual and there's no pressure you deliberately like remove yourself from all of the hard yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. once you start really dating someone with the intention of like having a future with them I think it is hard and there's things that are especially hard when it comes to engagement there's a lot of pressures from family friends different people and there's this pressure of like it's the rest of our lives and I think People don't, you know, like you were saying, a lot of people don't want to be in relationships and are kind of avoiding marriage in that respect. I think that's a huge part of why is because it's scary and hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also I think more families, I mean, this is like a statistic, but more families now are have divorced parents than parents that are together. Yeah, and yeah. So parents in the home. So yep. 50%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think so many kids grow up that way. And so their idea of marriage is already broken yep and so it's easy to perpetuate that brokenness especially if you don't have a relationship with christ Mm -hmm. that you know kind of flips your perspective on that yeah i may have grown up in this brokenness but i don't want this for myself yeah i think it's really easy for people to just keep perpetuating that pattern and that's what they're used to and that's what they that's the example they have yeah and I think like you raised a really good point there and I'm, I'm very, very guilty about this, but like when I would go like what I like, I go take a girl out on a date, like whatever. 
I would, and I would think like, let's just say like, she's awesome. And like, I, I, you know, I would want to see her again and something else like that. And then I inevitably, I get back in the car, I drive home, I open up the, the non-hinge dating app because I can't go on there anymore. But I, I open up the I open up the non-hinge dating app and I, and I, and I you know, get all these, these influxes of women on, on my phone. I'm looking down, I'm like, oh, this girl seems really interesting. Or this girl has like a slightly fatter ass than the other girl or like whatever and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. and I'm like slapping myself on the inside because I'm like, this is so, like you're an idiot. Like this is so stupid. But like this is this is the delusion that we all yeah. buy into when we go all in on this kind of more casual sphere culture where we just kind of see people as, I think both of you said it kind of directly, as like a means to an end rather than the yeah. end itself. Which, right, it, it, yeah. exa exactly, right. And so I think that in that case, I think I was going to ask, my next question was going to be about like why you think the institutions being upheld, but I think that or needs to be upheld. And I, and I think that's the answer, honestly, because it's a, it's a stabilizing force, unlike anything else. Like, I mean, not only for individuals, but for society. Like, I think it's, I, I, I've been playing around with this idea recently in my head where like some things are just better than other things. Like, like for example, like being like being alive is better than being dead. Like it, that is that is being like it's a very Fact. basic example. Like, right, and so like we would not be you know I wouldn't have this this podcast if I was was dead to be honest <laughs> with you. So then like it, it is better I, in my opinion. It, all el other things being equal, it is better to be a married person when you are in a healthy state of mind than a non-married. It is for society to be comprised of about a lot of married people versus a lot of single people. It's a very destabilizing force. I think it's like just I think it's better for you to be have a religion and a God to follow than be a religious and not have a God to follow. So I think like that's, that's where I come from, but I, I don't know if you guys agree with that sentiment or not, but I think that's kind of like why, why I believe that marriage is important is because it's just a, such a stabilizing institution for people and for the world around the people that just makes yeah. everything just even itself out from what yeah. I can tell. I would say that it's a very important pillar of our society in marriage and um, the way that I think about it is, you know, my parents are split up now, but if you take kids that grow up in a divorce household, I think that you could probably, I'm kind of talking out of my head here, but you could probably find statistics that show that, you know, most kids that come from a split household are more likely to maybe not be as successful in life or not, you know, there, there may be certain things there that, because it does have an impact on you when, when your parents are um, split and then your view of marriage changes as well. And, it, you know, it just kind of is this like cascading effect that can happen, yep. I think, within that. So when you have um, a tight-knit husband and wife unit that are raising their children and their children see that and they see the institution of marriage being played out, how... God intended it to be played out, it then has this lasting impact and effect on them that they're going to go and the, the their future spouse that they meet, they're going to instill those same values and it spreads and you build this um, culture around it. And I think just that kind of all stems from the unity of what marriage is and yep. why it is such a, a thing because you, it's really hard to raise a kid. I don't know. We, we don't have children. Well, yep. We, have we will. Yeah, I mean, we did discount peaches on the. Mm -hmm. and I, yeah, you're you're being bold doing that on, on, on the mic right now. Throwing her out. Yeah, there. yeah. Nick yeah. yeah. no. doesn't really love her for a child. That's <laughs> just not true. I just don't love her as much as you do. Nobody does. Um, but yeah, I I kind of 
lost my train there a little no, bit. No, no, it's, but it's I all think, good. Yeah. You know, there, there's just certain values that get instilled by having that household family unit um, and sort of make you desire after that and just knowing what marriage is. And so it, it kind of spread, like, you know, divorce spread. I bet the rates between someone who... Someone whose parents were divorced growing up, they probably have a higher chance yeah, of being yeah, divorced for sure um, yep. as well. So, yep. you know, that kind of feeds off of itself. So, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's very important um, in seeing that and, you know, instilling those values in your children and passing that on to future society mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. people that are going to, you know, build our community in the future. Mm-hmm. So, I think marriage is a really important part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Kate, do you have anything to say on that or just kind yeah, of? Yeah, I agree. I think the only thing I'd really add is there is an element to marriage that is much more intimate and it's a deeper relationship than any other relationship that we're going to have because mm-hmm. you're making a lifetime commitment to love and care for that person. I mean, through sickness and in health. And I think that's, I mean, you make those vows and it's a vow that you're making for the rest of your life, ideally. And Especially, I think a lot of people kind of now minimize that mm-hmm. of like, oh, well, I said that, but this isn't working. And that's not to say like that, you know, divorce happens and that's a part of life. But I think biblically, when you make those vows, you're committing to that person for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like you can do that in the same way when you're just dating someone yep. because you always still have an out yep. when you're dating someone. Mm-hmm. You always still have that. I don't have a ring on my finger. It's like the amount of songs. Literally, I heard that before. Uh, <laughs> before we got engaged, she would say that a few times. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, in a joking way. It's casually, like on other things in this podcast. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what it's good for. I feel like it was when Nick was dragging his feet, though. That I was. Yes, like, exactly. That's yeah. Oh, so you were the one pushing the pace, leading up to well, leading up to marriage. I think there was some of that from her. There was a time period where I asked him, like, where this was going, and he, like, freaked out and didn't, just didn't respond well. As men will do in situations yes. like that, yes. 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 Okay. I, but so many people had asked me, like, are you, so are y'all dating, dating? I was, I don't know. And finally I just got to the point where I was like, you know what? He's not going to leave this conversation, and I'm going to ask. I don't want to waste my time or his. And he didn't answer it well, and I literally went home and was like, all right, cool, so that's not going anywhere. And then he felt like an idiot and went home and was, like, freaking out and realized that he had been dumb. And then he, we ended up, like, having a conversation about it. But I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you were scared more than anything in that conversation. Yeah, I would agree. Being scared of good things is a very, it's much more common than a lot of people think that it is. Yeah. 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 To, to add a little bit to that, it was actually one of the points and it was pretty early on for us, like Kate said, but it was one of the points where I realized that our relationship was very, very different. Right. Um, it was, I was living in San Antonio at this time. She was here in Austin and we had gone out to dinner one night and I was driving back to San Antonio after dinner. And before I left, she kind of brought up that conversation, that topic of like, so, you know, where's this going? What are we? And, man, I answered it so terribly. Um, I don't even really remember what I said, but it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't good. The, yeah, yeah. From the, yeah. And I left and just, you know, had that drive back to San Antonio and spent the next day just freaking out about it. <laughs> 
and kind of knew in the back of my I was like, why am I getting this way? I've never been this way about a girl before. Like, I had never felt this sense of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, am I going to lose her over this? Did I screw it up too bad? I had never really like struggled with that before. And, yep. was, and then it kind of got me thinking and I was like, okay, this, this is something different. And so in a weird way, it actually like made me come to this realization of like, okay, I seriously care about this girl. If I'm willing to put myself through all this like stress and turmoil and worry, um, over that conversation of like, I need to, I need to basically like stake my claim here and, and let her know where I am, let her know where my head is at. Um, and then thankfully she gave me another shot, I guess. So and so <laughs> <laughs> thankfully she did. And, you know, I was able to have a more clear conversation with her after I kind of yeah put my words together of what I wanted to say. Um, and then that, you know, we continued into dating after that, but it was a real turning point for us early, early on. Yeah. I think. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's, that's an amazing story. That's awesome. Yeah. So now we're going to go in more individual questions. So the other one has to look on helplessly as the other person answers this question I'm about to ask. So it's not going to be anything bad there. So I'm just, Nick, I'm going to start with you. So the biggest, we kind of talked about this, I think a little bit, um, maybe last weekend when we had our, our guys night and whatever, when we talked, so in my opinion, this is what I, I, this is a lot of, you know, I was alluding to earlier with the conversation I'm going to have next week. Like the biggest problem that I see in a lot of men's dating, why I think men are going wrong is like the whole, like a lot of like the manosphere red pill shit that's kind of out there and really just brainwashing a lot of people like guys being raised on the internet, like yeah. a bunch of things about all, all that kind of stuff. Like the all women problem, like all women are this or yeah. whatever, like the absolute whatever. So right, right. And the spinning plates, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So why are you right and they wrong? Why am I about right? a, about marriage and about relationships and, and about wrong. yeah yeah? Um, hmm. for a second. I think there obviously there are certain areas in my life where I lack and I'm not so good at certain things mm -hmm. and that. Kate compliments very well in those areas and um, like her attention to detail is something that I don't have. I'll gloss over things and, and forget about certain things, but she will remind me and let me know. And As I, men I do, really like, appreciate like, that like, like part seven. And so of the, yeah. I, I think it, what it really kind of boils down to, and um, this is definitely a controversial topic right now, but there are fundamental differences between men and women. Mm -hmm. um, and there are certain things that I can't do, you know, one very obvious thing. Sure. I want to have kids one day. Um, Kate wants to have kids one day. I can't do that by myself. Um, so, but outside of that, there are just, you know, areas in my life where there's, you know, I think it comes up for most guys, but you feel this need to have like a partner or someone who, you know, is better at certain things than you are. And, you know, there's a lot of things that Kate is way better at than I am. Um, and so feeling that and having that, I think kind of comes to the, the main point. Um, but again, people are so torn by any sort of like wrongdoing of the other sex, right? Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's so easy to like label them as they're all this way. They're all that yep. way. And, um, I mean, I was obviously like lucky enough to find Kate, um, and she was very different than girls that I had dated or pursued in the past. And so it stood out to me right away. And, and I think you know, once you find that and once you see the true differences in that one person, you know, who 
it ends up being for everyone, you, you kind of really come to this realization of like, okay, I this person fills me up in different ways and, and pushes me in different ways, and and that's what Kate does in talking about you know being the leader of the household is like she pushes me in that way and she pushes me towards having a strong foundation in my faith because without that I'm not going to be a fit leader of our household someday. Yep. And so she yep. you know is continually continuously making me better in, in different areas of my life and, and humans are are naturally built and uh, born with this sense of community and need for community and need to surround yourself with other people and there's no other relationship in your life that you are closer with than your spouse. I, I would like to imagine for most yeah, people no, that yeah, they are yeah. closest to their spouse and um, you know, she's at times going to be the person who is giving me the most in my life. And then at other times she's going to be the person who's like dragging me down the most at the same time. And, um, I had a long conversation with, uh, one of my mentors about that. And so I, I think that's where, you know, people are, are focused on this dragging down aspect, but, um, in a way, and I, and I try my hardest, but when Kate does push me in certain areas and push me towards being, you know, a, a better leader or whatever it may be, is like not taking offense to that, but she's voicing to me her, you know, desires, her yep. concerns, what she wants and communicating that to me. And so as a guy, I should kind of take the things that she's seeking and desiring for our relationship and, and work with them and try and, you know, mold them into our future as we're going. But yeah, got a little bit off topic there. No, but, no, it's good. Um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, there are key differences between men and women. And so there, there are certain areas where Kate compliments me very well in the areas that I lack, basically. Okay. That's a good answer. I know you got to get going. So what I will do oh, is that... Oh, okay. Okay. I was, I was going to say that I was just going to kind of reverse the question onto you. So like the biggest thing that I, like that I have noticed is like kind of they, women can succumb to like the app, like the, the, the men are trash thing, like, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like, I'll, you know, don't need a man, all that kind of stuff. We hear that a lot from a lot of women, not, I would say the women, I would say hopefully not we associate with, but a lot of, a lot of, you know, cultural influences and stuff. So why are you right about your opinion about, about guys, marriage, everything else? Why are they wrong? I mean, Brandon, there's been many times in my life where I've said all of them are trash. Not gonna lie. Well, that's we're all guilty of it. I think it's just uh, kind of like the the winning over part is the part that I think is is fascinating. But I also think it's really easy to generalize. But in the same way, like I don't like when someone does that to me. It's not fair. Mm -hmm. It's not fair when someone says all girls are manipulative. You know, whatever it is. Like, that's not entirely true. Um, I think when it comes to... Nick, I feel like, answered this well as far as just how well they complement each other. And I think it goes back to biblically. Like, Adam and Eve were... I mean, God literally said, okay, you need a partner. Yeah, and right. I Like, yeah. that's how we're meant to live this life. And I truly believe that. And I think... Two are better than one, and a team is always better than an individual, um, just from my perspective. Mm -hmm. And I've grown up believing that. And so when you find someone that is on your team and that you want to run that race with and do life with, that's so special. Like, I feel like all the things, yes, there are times where Nick can let me down or, you know, not 
fill me up in the ways I would like or disappoint me. But he's also a human being. And I know that I do the same for him. Like, I think having, excuse me, my goodness. Oh, I ate Chinese food before this. It's really it's, it, it, we can never, never hate on that option. Um, <laughs> Absolutely not, no. But I think also in the same way that Nick was saying that I push him in different ways. Nick also pushes me in different ways. And there are things about Nick that I, Nick is way more patient than I am. And Nick is also so many things that I love about a lot of my friends. I love about Nick as far as he empathizes with people. He's kind and he's compassionate and he's slow to speak. And he's thoughtful in the way he cares for people and the way he cares for me. And there are a lot of things that about Nick that are radically different from guys I dated that only seem to care about themselves. And mm-hmm. I feel like Nick always puts me first, even when, whether it's like taking PJs outside late at night when he doesn't want to, and he may throw a fit, but like he doesn't. He's like, no, I'll do it. Like, I get that you're tired. Don't want to take her out. It's like things like that. You know, I think we've learned a lot about how both of us like to be loved and how I think different people like to be loved in different ways. Yep. And our love languages are not the same. And so being able to, you know, he really values physical touch. And so that's something I have to like really actively work on. But I also feel like that pushes me to grow. And my sister and I talked about that before. She was like, just because you're not physically affectionate doesn't mean you can't grow in that. Yeah. And yeah. I think point. when people are different from us, that gives us an opportunity to grow and to also see the things that like Nick does really well that I may not do well and vice versa and compliment each other in that way, but also to be able to grow in those things and learn from one another of, you know, for instance, Nick could not dress before we started dating. And, as as oh, men will do like part 17 at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now he dresses well. Yeah. I would right? say you dress well. So this must be it. Well, yes. I, I would say so. Most, I mean, most of the time. Sometimes she it's takes a little credit questionable, for that. but most of the time. The color coordination can be off and, and things. If he nature. does it by himself, it's a little. Atrocious. It can yeah. just be, you know, hard. Hard, yes. Hard. <laughs> um, but no, in all reality, though, I feel like he makes me better, and we both push each other to be, to grow and to be better. And I think that's what, to me, defies everything that people say of like, yeah, men can be the worst, women can be the worst. People are human, but at the end of the day, like, Nick's my favorite human, and Nick's the human I want to do life with, and that's, I mean, I think is what kind of trumps the rest of everything. Yeah. Well, that was really nice. That was awesome. That was a great <laughs> answer. So one more individual question, then a group question, then we'll be done. So okay. Nick, so for the guys out there who want to do like full like Neo shit and like plug out of like the hedonic treadmill matrix that everyone seems to be currently running on in our society. Yes. What qualities does Kate have that you advise other men to look for in a woman to date Ooh, and to marry? Great question. Great, great question. Um, Again, be very careful how you answer this. Your wife is on my right, and if she lunges yes. over to try to harm you in some way, I'm going to be the way. You're going to be, be like, you're be, gonna defend be, me. We'll be, very, be, be very careful. Um, I think one that I touched on earlier um, is that she is seeking the biblically – put husband she is seeking the husband that the bible tells a husband what to do you know the bible says 
love your bride as a church, mm-hmm. um, you know, leave your family and, and join your wife and create this new family and, yep. and lays all that out. And so she is seeking that. Um, and when I learned and saw that she was seeking that, it just like opened up this whole new world for me of like this void that I, you know, or this like desire of that I had to, you know, be a father, husband, leader at some point and like she was willing to accept that and there are not many girls that that are honestly like to be frank and so she was very willing to accept that and so it made it very easy um for me and then Kate will always you know she will not with that being said she's not just gonna like lay down and take things at the same time yeah right um you know she communicates very very well with me she's a much better communicator than I am and so she'll she'll tell me when thing when she felt when she feels like she's you know not being loved well, um, she will tell me. And so a communication, I would say, you need someone that is willing to communicate and be vulnerable and saying hard things. It's like, yep. you know, we as Kate mentioned, both had some things in our past that were difficult to talk about, especially in our relationship. And you know, we were talking about those things early on, and so mm-hmm. right. we opened up to each other early, early on. And we're both vulnerable with each other and, you know, instantly just started to care for each other more and, and like had these moments around that where we were kind of building up and creating this bond and like helping each other at the same time. So, you know, communication, being vulnerable, um, gosh, and willing to, someone who is willing to fight for the right things with you, I think. So... There are going to be times where you don't like each other when the other person is doing something that you wish they weren't, especially through engagement. Engagement is very, very difficult um, at times because there's a lot of pressure around the upcoming wedding and things like that. Yep. And so, um, you know, there are times where we're just, we can be at odds, but Kate is always willing to like work together to solve that solution. And like any any sort of, disagreement that we have it it never feels like we're not going to find a solution like at times it's very difficult but every single hard talk or hard conversation that we've had we always come out stronger and closer because of it because we're both willing to to like work together towards it so it's it's never going to be perfect it's never just going to be smooth sailing but knowing that she was willing to go through the hard things with me and like voice and say like hey this is what I'm fighting for you know meant a lot to me and I think another final thing that I'll add is that when it's really good as a as a guy um, I don't know if you agree with this or not but like when you've done when you've worked hard at something and you've completed a task and then being someone saying that you did a good job or someone yeah, like having yeah, that, absolutely. You know, that yeah the, the, so the encouragement of, yeah the yeah. encouragement of that yeah. and Kate does that so well of like when I when I do something for us or something you know for our relationship going forward like it's I just have this desire that like I, I want to I want Kate's approval right yeah, I like, want you, her you, to you, notice you, it you're the child in the kitchen who runs home with the macaroni sculpture and you're like the, you're holding up to the parents and you're like <laughs> exactly. please for the love of Christ like say that this yes. is a good thing yeah. exactly yeah. and so you know Kate is so good at that and that like like she was saying the thing about you know me taking peaches out is like I, 
I don't necessarily want to do it all the time, but when she like thanks me for it and voices that, it means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like going through these like day to day things, and uh, you know, I heard, I think Jordan Peterson, but I was just about to say he, he said, said yeah. mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's not how you are on your honeymoon. It's not how you are on vacations when everything's great. It's it's how your wife greets you when you walk in the door every day, right. when you get home yeah. every single day. And, like, those are the things that really make a marriage solid and important. So yeah. Kate really does those things well. Yeah. Awesome. Kate, for you, so I could find a matrix metaphor for, like, almost anything. So if you were going to do, like, the Trinity approach and then plug out of the hedonic treadmill matrix that everyone is on, what qualities does Nick have that you would advise other women to look for in a husband? I think the first thing I would say is something I respect Nick a lot. And I think – yes that's really important in a relationship. Like, if you don't respect the guy you're dating, you're never going to follow them. You're never going to let them lead your relationship. You're never going to want to, like, submit to them in that way. Yeah, that's and absolutely I, correct. Yeah, I think that's something that girls should absolutely look for in a relationship. Like, if I don't respect this man and what he stands for and who he is, then maybe he's not the person I should be dating. And I think that's something from the beginning. I had a lot of respect for Nick um, and just who he was and how he carried himself and the things he valued. And so that would be one thing I would say that um, to me would be I would advocate for girls to really look for is someone you respect, which you'd be surprised at the amount of times like you date people and you're like, I really didn't have respect for that person. Yeah, yeah, I, right. yeah. You know, yeah. what they said, like I didn't your desire to follow that yes you know like things like that and so I think that's really important when you're thinking about like a life partner um but also Nick is so servant-hearted in you know I use the example of like taking kiddos out because truly it's like sometimes having a dog is a lot of work and you're like I don't want to do this but it's to me like Nick is serving me in that way when he's like I know Kate's tired I'm going to take her out so that like she can start getting ready for bed or so she can go to sleep. And like, it's one less thing for her to do. Um, things like that. I feel like Nick is so quick to serve me and care for me. Um, especially like when I'm sick or, you know, I've had a hard day. He's always like, what can I do to help? You know, what can I get anything for you? Can I just come be with you kind of thing? And Nick is also really quick to serve other people in his life. Um, it's not just me at all. But his friends and his family and my family, too, I think that's been really sweet to see just how he's cared for my nieces, too. Um, that was one of the, I think, not one of the first times, but when Nick, one of my nieces, it was her birthday party um, the year before last, and that was the first time Nick met my, like, entire family. And it's oh, wow. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, so sure. We were in Houston for her birthday, and, I mean, Nick was just such a great sport as far as building up balloons and, you know, spending time with my nieces and my family and families can do a lot. And he was always just so positive and it was, it was a hard time for me just with things I was going through. Mm -hmm. And so he was just always a constant for me. Um, and I think that's really important to someone that, you know, even if I'm sure my different parts of my family frustrated him, but he never showed me that. It was always like, he was positive. He was uplifting. He was encouraging and he was trying. And I think that's something that I've noticed in relationships as far as 
you know, if you don't click with someone's family right away, which I think you both got lucky, but it is like, it's not your family. And so Mm -hmm. it's, I don't want to say it's work, but it's hard to like kind of integrate into a family. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. And I feel like from the beginning, Nick did that really well and just like immediately started serving my parents and my sister and her kids. And, um, I just love that about him that he always puts other people first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I would definitely seek in a relationship, especially having come from dating a lot of people that were just really selfish, only mm-hmm. care about themselves, um, which is honestly so many people these days. And, and I think that's our culture perpetuates that of like, mm-hmm. sure. do what's best yep. for you, yep. choose mm-hmm. you, you're what matters, all these things. And I'm not saying you don't matter, but there's so too much, much of anything, especially narcissism, is a bad thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think yeah. Nick is the opposite of that, and I love that. Um, and I think acts of service is also like a huge way that I feel loved. Like when we make dinner and Nick will clean up like the counter after, I'm always like, I feel so cared for. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it's just like yeah. things like that. But yeah. I also think something that I would say is a leader which I know we've talked a lot about that tonight, but someone who is willing to lead even when it's not necessarily something I want to hear. Like we had a really hard conversation about getting a puppy and Nick was like, we both want a puppy, but I don't think right now is the best time. And like, he's like, I know you don't want to hear that, but also like I, you know, I have to like try to lead our family and, do what's best for us like financially and I think it was a very open conversation but I also feel like Nick will tell me things and will step into things that are hard and not he doesn't like to rock the boat but he's really honest and I feel like leads really well in that way because he's willing to be vulnerable and he's willing to have those hard conversations um which a puppy is a hard conversation for me because I'm like obsessive when it comes to dogs yes um <laughs> there's dog people and then there's cake yeah. oh okay yeah. Yeah, there yeah. it is okay so Wonderful. i use that example because it like i know it was a hard conversation and i think for him it was probably hard like he knew in some ways he was going to be letting me down but he was also like i want to advocate for what i think is best for our marriage and our family and i really respected that he was able to be honest with me about that and kind of, you know, not sugarcoat it at that point because I respect that. Again, it like goes back to respect and leadership. I think those are things that really looking for someone who leads and leads by example and also leads their friends. I think that's a huge part of like, how do you care for your friends and how do you lead your friends and, you know, the way guys and girls relationships are very different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think something that I really noticed about Nick is the way he cares for his friends and is really intentional about communicating with them and spending time with them and loving them really well and you don't see a lot of guys that do that honestly I feel like it's I didn't really see that prior to getting to know Nick and his friends Um, and just I think yeah someone who cares for people and is compassionate and empathetic is something that I feel like is really important um, that are all things that I think I like. Cool. 
that was also very nice. So last question, last question before we close everything out. So how would you both advise men and women now who are kind of so disjointed from the meaningful narrative that you guys are on and the path you guys are on to best position themselves to get to where you guys are at? Like where should they kind of start with kind of going down the path of like purposeful dating that eventually cultivates hopefully in a value bound principled marriage? Like where would you advise that people start? I think I would say start inward. Start with yourself because you cannot be with someone else until you know, one, how you love yourself and have worked through. We've all been through things that are hard in life and I think it's really easy to suppress those things and to push them down. But until you've worked through them, I had someone say this to me one time, but she was like, hey, until you love yourself, how do you expect yourself to love someone else? And I think that's really true and I think that's what we all neglect so often is we run to other people to fill ourselves up and to make things better and put band-aids on things instead of really dealing with what's hard. And that doesn't mean, you know, counseling and therapy for everyone, but for me that was really helpful and mm -hmm. I'm a huge proponent of it. But I think that means having good friendships, friends that will actually be honest with you and speak truth into you and lean into the parts of your life that aren't healthy and relationships that are toxic and different I think working through yourself first is really important and working on yourself would be where I would say to start because I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they run to a relationship and then they realize, oh, I threw myself into this relationship, but I still have so much that like I've never even unpacked myself. And everything you that is you, you bring that to the relationship. Mm -hmm. So like there's baggage that Nick and I both bring our relationship and I think that's if you haven't worked through that it's really hard and yeah. we've even navigated that of different things and you know Nick's parents divorced and stuff and like the things we go through when we're dating someone those affect the other person you are in that together and so I think it's important to really spend time getting to know yourself and working through things and understanding what you want in a relationship and why you want what you want um, before you dive into even just being open to one. Um, especially before, excuse me, pursuing people and dating and things. Because I think that goes for guys too, not just girls, as far as, you know, if a guy's pursuing a girl but they're really broken, we're all broken. But if they're really broken and don't really know themselves and don't know what they want, they're probably going to mess up that relationship mm -hmm. because you're just bringing mess to mess. And at the end of the day, like, I think it's important to just work on loving yourself before you try to love someone else too. In a non-narcissistic way. Yes. 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 No, yes. I don't mean like, oh, no, it's no, not I, about yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, I think, you have to be confident in who you are still. Like, sure. I, or else you're going to put all of your value and worth into a relationship, which is what I did for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. But I also think once you really have learned more about yourself, you're able to love others better because you understand how do I like to be loved? How can I love people in the way that I you know, like to be loved? And not everyone likes to be loved in the same way, but just I feel like the more you learn about yourself, the more you can love people more intentionally. And so I think that that would be something I would say as far as 
you're going to start is don't just jump into a relationship, but try to spend some time just looking inward. Okay, where can I grow? And, you know, what do I want? Because I think a lot of people start dating and just start dating. And then Mm -hmm. they realize as they're dating, I don't want that. But it's like, you go into it knowing, hey, here, it's kind of like a job interview. Like, here are my non-negotiables. Yep. Then if you go into that, I know a lot of girls that go into relationships that it's like, he's not a Christian, but maybe he will be. It's like, okay, but if that's not a non-negotiable for you, then there's a good chance you're going to be in this relationship for a long time and it's never going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're yep. wasting time. Yep. And that's not to say you shouldn't try things, but I think it's really important to know what you want and what you value going into dating so that you aren't just throwing yourself into things that takes effort and ultimately takes parts of your heart um, because you don't get those things back. So... Don't be too generous with giving your heart away. Would be what I would say is the best way to do it. Be selective. And that does give people chances, but also know what you want going into it. Because yeah. I think for me, that was really different with Nick as far as I had worked on myself for a long time and I knew what I wanted in my future and I knew what I wanted in a leader and a husband. And those were things I wasn't willing to compromise on. And from the beginning, those were things I was really honest with Nick about. And so I think also being honest with whoever you're dating from the get-go also makes your relationship stronger. But it, if you can't be honest, it's like, well, maybe there's not a future there as far as try to be vulnerable. I think it's also really important. That's a long answer. No, it's a, no, it's a great answer. Nick, close us out. Yeah, I think you find what you're looking for when you're seeking relationships. And so you first have to know what you're looking for. But if you're looking in the wrong areas, you're most likely going to find the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And for guys specifically, and you know, this was me a lot of college, is like my friends and the guys that I surrounded myself with were trying to sleep with as many girls as possible, hook up with as many girls as possible. Um, and like took joy from that and, you know, would talk about it, brag with other guys, things like that. Um, and it was like constant game and chase for them. But I think once for me personally, once I started to surround myself with the more rare things in life, which are like a very solid marriage and surround myself with guys that were in a very solid marriage and seeing what that looked like and how like happy they are in the, in their family and, you know, the most important decision you make in your life, I think, is who you're going to marry, right? Yeah, like, it's sure. one of the most, if not the most important decision that you're going to make. Um, and so, you know, looking for the right things, like Kate said, but um, when you know, girls are also, you're, you're not going to, you're trying to attract to be with honey, right? You're not going to attract to be with, like, the, the wrong things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. For, you know, depending on the girl that you're looking for or guy that you're looking for, you have to be bringing the right things to the table to attract the right thing. Correct. So, you know, for me and having my faith solidified and foundation in that was like, that was attractive for Kate. And so that, you know, drew her and and things like that. And so I found the, the girl that I was seeking and like the future wife that I was seeking by doing these fundamental and foundational things that kind of like made me who I am. And so, um, 
it's just it's really important to stick to those foundation things for a guy and the way that I learned those things and learned what the, they looked like was by surrounding myself with other guys and learning what I needed to work on uh, and I'm still working on constantly working on like it's never a, you know it never ends kind of thing but um, I think yeah just to kind of sum it up is like you and like Kate said working on yourself first will make that process easier in finding the right person for you because you start attracting the right people. Yeah. Um, and you're bringing in the right people that have a higher chance of potentially being your future spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, this is wonderful. This is yeah. so fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, very, very much appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, thank you. This is great. Thank you for vulnerability, your honesty, um, everything else. Weddings in two weeks, so hopefully this didn't delay anything or mess anything up. So it's you know like you know just not going to do what, what we were talking about earlier with some people like pulling it, like going to Vegas and having a, a Vegas experience and yes. just, like aborting the whole thing like, right before uh-huh. everything. Cool that will not happen. I have you have all my confidence. So <laughs> thank you guys both for coming on so much. I really yeah. really appreciate it. Thanks, Sam. This was a blast. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And for the listeners out there, own the day. Open your mind. See you guys next week. Stopping, hopping like a rabbit When I take the Nina Ross, you know I got to have it I lay back in the cut, retain myself Think about the shit and I think it well How can I mix my grip? And how should I make that nigga straight slip?